You are listening to episode 30 of Podcast of the Night, Power Ranger. This episode, Colton's Grand Delusion. Everybody and welcome to this, the thirtieth episode of Podcast at the Power Rangers. I'm Nance Dicky, but you may know me better on these here internets as Kuhan, and I'm joined as always by my malfunctioning robot, Colton Clayton. What's up, Colton? Um <laughs> So, there hasn't been an episode in a while. Uh the last one we heard was April Fool's. Oh no, hold on. I think did uh did the Robert episode come out after that or before that? I have no idea, but all I know is we tried to record. So, yeah, so, so we tried to record with our, our friend Ben. Uh, you, you heard him a f- long time ago with alongside Chris. He fell asleep in the middle of the episode. Um, but uh, we uh, – there were some t- difficulties. Uh, a bunch of random stuff happened. and It's not so much difficulties as communication just you cost a third of the cast to be deleted. Basically, yeah. Um, so so we, we lost a bunch of the cast and – I was considering going back and dubbing in my parts that were lost, but then I'm like, that would be really stupid and probably wouldn't work. And plus, there's been more stuff since then anyways. So, um, yeah, this is, this is the episode. Uh, also, there were, there were people who were worried that we were going monthly. We aren't going monthly. We no, are... that would imply we actually had a schedule. Right, yeah. We are still technically weekly. Uh, I mean, we... If we were monthly, that means we'd come out about about once a year. So since we come out about once a month, we're weekly. Um, <laughs> I think once this cast comes out, we'll have fixed our issues. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, assuming that I can force myself to sit down and watch uh, Super Samurai. Um, so anyway, it's not as hard as you're saying. We watched Operation Overdrive for crying out loud. Super Samurai is nothing compared to that. I was a different person back then. Uh, <laughs> different. It, it was it was half a year ago. Different person. Uh, anyways, so um, so yeah, we okay, are. Okay, who t- who touched your childhood? Uh, Hi, I'm Saban. We are we are <laughs> back. We are back with more podcasts on the Power Rangers. And first off, news. Um, this is old news, but uh, it bears mentioning anyway. because uh, even you know, I'm pretty sure everybody knows it by now. But we're getting DVDs. Woo! Uh, Paying for what we already watch on Netflix for free, sort of. Well, I mean, we pay for Netflix too. Uh, And and it's crappier versions with crappier quality. It's international masters, which is missing footage, but you know, eh. Uh, You take what you can get. Uh, Uh, No, we're getting good DVDs and with lots of extra features because that's what Shop Factory does. Yeah, Colton, you can uh, you can say more. Uh, you 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 know more about this than I do. You you. I, I have been stuff. reading about a bunch of pages and topic postings. Apparently, they have gotten at least good releases from uh, Saban, good quality. From what we understand, I mean, they haven't given us the details of when things have been released yet, because it's going to be close to when they're going to open up pre-orders. But we do know that they're take, trying to make the effort to make the best footage possible, as they are asking the fans on the sites which episodes are the cut-up ones, which episodes aren't, which epi- how they should know the difference. It's really good that they're trying this. Yeah, I think we're going to um, attempt to maybe get the guy from Shout Factory on the show soon. I would love to try, but I don't know. But, I mean, he has a Twitter. I guess we could tweet him. Yeah, we could. I'm sure we could contact him somehow. I don't know. This is assuming I don't get lazy and, and like, ah, uh, whatever. 
we missed it. Lazy like so many other things. Lazy like I always do. Um, yeah, so, so DVDs. <laughs> one thing I'm hoping for, uh, and it was discussed potentially, they don't know if they can do it, but potentially one that was discussed is kind of get the pre-9-11 footage for uh, Time Force so we don't get all the censored building destruction and whatnot. Uh, that'd be interesting. Um, what else has Shot Factory done? Oh, they've done all sorts of stuff. They've done pretty much everything Transformers on DVD. I know I personally first discovered them when I picked up the complete series collection for Reboot, which was pretty awesome. They they pick up a lot of uh, sometimes obscure shows and give them good, solid releases with a lot of special features from what, from what I've observed from the site. They also do a Mystery Science Theater 3000 DVDs. And I don't know if you mentioned this or not. Did, did, did they get uh, Beetleborgs or something like that, too, or, or was it just, just Power Rangers coming out? I, I do believe that they have the DVD rights for uh, all the Power Rangers from Mighty Morphin to RPM. Plus, uh, Big Battle Beetleborgs, VR Troopers, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation, and such and whatnot. Okay, But so. still, no one seems to have the rights for Mask Rider. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure Saban still has the rights to Mask Rider. I don't think they want to sell... They don't want anybody to know about it. They don't want anybody to remember it. Or <laughs> at, least, at least until Mask Rider versus Power Rangers. Come in, Rido. Um, no, well, you know, who knows what this, the, the Power Rider thing is, you know, that's, that's still rumors as of now, right? So. Yeah, they always copyright a lot of stuff, but you never know if it will become anything. Well, we, I'm pretty sure we know that they own the, the American distribution rights to Kamen Rider. I'm not sure if that's, I think. I'm not sure. I mean, someone else put out a Kamen Rider series, Kamen Rider Dragonite. So we well, that was that what... was Disney. So that was so I think I think Disney might have sold that those rights back to Saban. Actually, I don't think that was Disney. No, that was that was, it was it aired on Disney XD. Oh, because just the air of the channel doesn't mean it was made by Disney. Yeah, but I mean, uh, Naruto aired on Disney. It doesn't make it a Disney show. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was it was still Disney. So I'm not I don't know what's uh what's necessarily going on. With Wikipedia. That. Uh, Saban made a bunch of other recent acquisitions, uh, like Yu-Gi-Oh and uh, the the rights to <laughs> to air. <laughs> They they pretty much bought four kids. They 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 basically bought four kids. They they bought most of us four kids. Four kids is basically going under, and Saban's buying most of their stuff. So, for anybody who has four kids, uh, exciting. But we don't know what Saban's going to do with <laughs> in, it. In theory, because Saban's not exactly known for uncut bilingual DVD releases. Sure, but I don't know. I mean, nowadays Saban, you know, it's clearly getting better. You know, they they they're, they're doing. I, what... I'm still I'm still waiting for my damn Sentai DVDs. <laughs> they're doing what the fans want. Obviously, I don't know if they have they don't have the rights to distribute Sentai in America. I'm sure. Um, Disney bought the rights for ev- for every Sentai, so they couldn't even make a could, someone else couldn't even buy the rights to make something based off of uh, those Sentai. Uh, I, I so I, I don't know how that exactly works. So technically, but... Disney, so technically because Disney sold all those rights, Saban should own all that. Well, we don't know how the rights work. This is this is law stuff that we don't understand. <laughs> the Constitution guarantees us these rights to these shows. <laughs> the unalienable right to Power Rangers. Exactly. Uh, that was that was actually it was in the Declaration of Independence. It was uh, certain certain unalienable rights: the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of Power Rangers. <laughs> I think that's more for uh, Rita and the villains. Um, the right to pursue the Power Rangers. <laughs> Anyways, so um, right, uh, so Comrader X Super Sentai uh, Superhero War is out in Japan. So if you're in Japan, uh, if you're in Japan, you've probably seen it. If you're yeah, you've probably seen it. If you haven't, then go check it out and report back and um, record it on your phone and send it to us. Yeah, uh, we don't know when we're gonna get the DVD because uh, it, it'll probably be it's it's pretty much a summer movie, so it'll probably not be until like. 
when, was, when, when, when did we get the DVD for uh for for uh uh one ninety nine? Uh, 199. We got it in November. So we'll probably get. This but around. but it was delayed. So uh, we'll probably get this around a uh, September, maybe. I'd say August at the earliest, and probably uh, December at the latest. Yeah. So, so September, September, October seems seems likely. It's reasonable. Yes. Um, but but I don't know. Maybe we'll get it early. Maybe it's it's just in that spring exactly time period that we might get it in July. Maybe we're, maybe we're lucky because I know the summer movies they they spend months on the tour. But then again, you know this. Then again, the movie, the Comrade movies that we that came out still haven't come out. I don't think. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Realistically, we're going to get it next April. Um, so. <laughs> Probably, because those Comrade movies seem to wait a lot longer than the Sentai movies to get to DVD. Um. So, uh, and the last piece of news that oh, and there was someone who commented on the uh, the O's change with uh, the Go Kaijers. Apparently, they only changed to then immediately stick those keys into their buster. They don't actually do any uh, character specific moves. Oh well, that saddens me. Sounds lame. I, 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 I wanted to see some scanning charges. Um, scanning charge. What is uh? So uh, what was the last bit of news that I cannot seem to remember? Uh, the fifteen minutes behind the scenes special of uh the versus movie. That wasn't really news. I mean that. Like, well, we, we did get to see. We did get to see a lot of the actors in behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. There was, I, I mean, mean, there's that. The, yes. the, the, we got to see the Gokaijers. We got to see a uh, Dick Decade. Uh, at the end, we got to see O's. Sadly, no double, but uh, we um, did get to see uh, bits of uh, Forze and uh, Go Busters. It's 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 not worth it if there's no uh, oh my god, what's his name? Deno. It's, no, it's not worth it without Deno. <laughs> Even if it's not the character Deno, they'll have at least the train guy. Um, the uh, the last thing that I wanted to say, I remember now, is the Akiba Ranger. So uh, we know now. Uh, for sh- for certain, maybe we we've heard at least. Uh, this is this is what's what's going around is that we we have Akiba Ranger is scheduled. It's slated for thirteen episodes, with a possibility of of doubling that. <laughs> double. Uh ha! Double. Wow. So Here's hoping that it not only will get extended, but we'll actually see them become an official Sentai in the end. I'm sure. I think that would, I think that would be great. I'm sure that I'm sure, that might happen. That'll, that'll probably happen. Who knows? Um, I I also want to see them show up in uh, the versus movie just just as a delusion, like they're running around like, oh my god, this is great. And then like they see themselves in their suits, but then you see in the back of the ranger battle, there's just the three got three the guy and the two girls just laying there like spacing out like foamy at the mouth. Except they're fictional in the thing, so. Sentai is fictional in the Kibrin. They have such great delusions, they bring the characters into their delusions. Well, right. I mean, but they had to bring themselves into their into the characters. Oh, universe. come on. They could stumble onto the set of the movie. That'd make a great extra. Um, <laughs> Overdose. Anyways. Um, uh, so that's, that's it for the news. Uh, I wanted to keep the news short because we have, like, ten episodes to get through. So, with... Uh, let me see. Yeah, probably about eleven. Something like that. Like 10. Approximately 10. So, with that aside, let's move on into... Go Busters.
Okay, so GoBusters, we have eight episodes of GoBusters to get through. It's actually very reminiscent of our first episode, in which we went through eight episodes of GoKaiger. I don't know how we did that so quickly, so let's find out. Uh, our first episode of GoBusters is episode two, I promised made 13 years ago. Using the GT-02 and RA-03 to carry out the debris remains of the Shovel Zord for analysis to counter the Vagras, Ryuji tries to calm Yoko down about Hiroma getting special treatment while he reports to Kuroki and remembers him as his father's assistant. Suddenly, the Anatron monitoring system, monitoring system alerts them as the Gobusters head out to an Anatron gas station in the Kazami district. While Hiromu fills Nick's Anatron tank, Ryuji follows the trail to the back of a nearby building where Enter is. However, with Hiromu freezing at the side of a chicken and Yoko running low on calories, Ryuji is forced to deal with Enter on his own as Blue Buster, while Usada explains to Miho the Gobusters' weak points. Luckily, finding a candy in her pocket and Nick carrying Hiromu away from the chicken, Yoko f- arrives before Enter falls back. As Enter proceeds to create the Metaroid Burneroid, Kuroki reveals to Miho the events that occurred 13 years ago, creating mas- that created Messiah and forced his friends, Hiromu's parents, to sacrifice themselves to stop the entity from conquering the world. However, knowing that Venjix, I mean Messiah, would return, Hiromu's father installed an anti-medivirus within Hiromu, Yoko, Ryuji, and their buddyroids so they can fight the virus. Alerted to a Vagus me- Megazord countdown, Hiromu reminds Yoko and Ryuji of the promise they made over a decade ago to get their families back before intercepting Burneroid. Managing to destroy Burneroid four minutes before Megazord arrival, the Gobusters return to the Energy Management Center to redeploy their buster machines before the Burnerzord appears. While GT-02 and RH-03 deal in getting civilians to safety and putting the fire out, the CB-01 destroys two Bugzords before becoming CB-01-Ace to shut down the Megazord. Though the Gobusters bask in their victory, the moment is ruined when Hiromu offends Yoko. Colton, uh, episode two. Let's, let's go through this quick so we can get through the episode. Let's go on, you mean? Let's go bust. Okay. I, I definitely really enjoy the character interactions here. I mean, we're just really starting to find the characters because, you know, it's early in the series, but I find their banter amusing, at least at this point. Of course, it'll change and grow, but uh, right now I think they're kind of almost like uh, siblings. You've got, you've got your youngest, you've got your youngest who's always kind of like uh, just upset with the middle kid, the middle kid who plays around too much. Then you've got your oldest brother who's kind of like a, almost a father figure and who uh, tries to be, maintain a level of maturity. I think it really works as a group dynamic, and uh, I, I really like the ending where she's uh, just starting to really get agitated by uh, Hiromu's bluntness. Yeah, well, um, this actually it actually reminded me a lot of of, of yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Go On, but it reminded me a lot of Go Onger. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that Ryuji is Ryuji is, favorite, is, is straight up Ren. Like Ryuji is Ren. Like it's 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 almost cop. It's like it's just basically they copied Ren's dialogue and put it on the read. All they needed to do is have him start cooking and wearing an apron. Yeah, right. Um, and and uh, and Hiromu is is a lot like is a lot like Sosuke. He's maybe a little smarter than Sosuke, and um, a lot more blunt. He's and he's maybe smarter and more blunt and less headstrong, and slightly less headstrong, ever so slightly less headstrong. Fair um, enough. But um, he he's not good enough to be Gokai Fire. He's yeah he can't yeah he's no Gokai Fire. Uh, but yeah, so the characters really, especially in this episode, reminded me a lot of the Goanders. Uh, obviously in later episodes they do they do grow and change a little bit more. Uh, but in this in this episode at least, how I, I was very reminded of Goander. Um, not much to say about the about the Megazord or the or the uh, Metaroid. So uh, I guess we can just move on to the next episode, which is GT Zero Two Animal Deployed. Sorry for not giving you guys the in-depth coverage you want, but we gotta get through this stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, there wasn't a lot to say. There's, it, it feels like there's a lot less to say when we don't have ultimate powers to cover. 
um, and, 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 you know, cameos and flashbacks and all that. <laughs> if only we had some sort of a weird delusional power to discuss. But that's not going to be the case. Let's get on. Episode 3, GT-02 Animal Deployed. Mission 3, rather. Uh, after calming down Messiah to keep, it, to keep it from unknowingly destroying the transfer routes, Enter assumes the form of a doctor as he creates the metaroid Needleroid. Alerted to the Anatron leak, arriving at the, the GO buses arrive in the Kodokura district and find something not right about the hospital. They infiltrate and find the medical staff being turned into robots before being forced to fight them. They find Enter explains that causing humans to suffer is part of his directive. Finding that 41 minutes till the Megazord arrives, Ryoji sees Hiromu provoking Yoko about her age before she uses his weak point on him after he, after he uses her weak point. Which is funny, because he's all like, he's all like, uh, you're a child, I'm an adult, you're 16, I'm 20, that's how it works. And then she's he's like, did you, did you not eat your, your calories? And she's like, yeah, I did. And then she falls, and then she's like, chicken. And then he freezes after hearing chicken. Uh, the three eventually find that a doctor being chased by bugglers, assuming the go-busters, their go-buster forms to save him. The doctor reveals that Needleroid is using the Enertron to convert humans to the point of putting the patients in the ICU at risk. With 30 minutes left, overhearing Bluebuster's plan to restore the hospital's Enertron while the others deal with Needleroid, Enter increases buggler numbers while putting the hospital on lockdown. Managing to make it out, Bluebuster proceeds to reach GT-02 and his buddy-roid, Gorosaki Banana, while the others fight their way through the bugglers with Yellowbuster saving a little girl. Explaining to Hiromu that she's no longer the little girl who he, com- who he comforted years ago, he and Yoko reach an understanding with each other as they find Needleroid and knock the Metaroid out of the hospital before destroying him. By that time, having GT-02 assume animal mode to siphon Anatron from the tower for, to tra- for transport to the hospital, Blue Buster pilots his Buster animal to evade the Needlezord as it attempts to steal the Anatron from the GT-02 prior to CB-01 showing up. With GT-02 Gorilla making his way to the hospital to restore its Anatron supply, CB-01 Ace manages to destroy the Needlezord. While Hiromu and Yoko now, with Hiromu and Yoko now in full understanding of each other, they and Ryuji intend to fulfill the promise they all made years ago. Uh, trivia. The show refers to the Buster vehicle in spoken lines as GT-02 and clearly labels the Buster animal mode GT-02 Gorilla. This contradicts print materials that called it GT-02 Gorilla all the time, whether it was a vehicle or not. Uh, this also had the first trailer for Superhero War. And Ryuji tells Yoko at the end of the episode, smile, smile, which is... A reference to Saki, which is and because, and Naim clearly reads from because, Wikipedia. Because go on, Jer. What are you what are you talking about, Willis? I'm not Willis. It's not Wikipedia. It's Morphin Grid. Um, Colton, what yes. did you think of Mission Three? I I did like the chance to focus on on Ryuji a little bit. Uh, He's a, he's a pretty interesting character, and I really like his uh, mech's design. Well, we definitely get a lot more a lot more focus on Ryuji later. Uh, a lot more interesting focus on Ryuji later. Uh, but this is a good start, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, the, where where they talk about how he's the oldest, how he was, you know, he was fifteen when they, when they were recruited, whereas the the others were uh, uh, Yoko was was three and uh, and uh, Hiromu was was seven. So so he was you know already a teenager. Uh, he was in high school, and the other two were just kids. So, he had a uh, chance to live. Yeah, except he, and then he didn't. He didn't, you know, couldn't fulfill his dreams, which which we'll talk about in mission nine, no eight, I think. Uh, but but mission three. Uh, anything else you wanted to say about that? Uh, four, two, three, one. Let's go. So nothing. Um, well, I, I I gotta say I really do like uh, Gurusaki Banana's uh, mech form with uh with the banana missiles. 
<laughs> well, I was I was excited that we were finally done with the whole Hiromu Hiromu uh, like Yoko Yoko doesn't like Hiromu. Hiromu does something that upsets Yoko. Yoko doesn't like Hiro like Yoko doesn't like Hiromu more. Uh, Hiromu does something that Yoko likes. Yoko likes Hiromu. Hiromu does something to accept uh, to uh, to offend Yoko. Yoko doesn't like Hiromu. And then we had a psych up for like three episodes, and it was really annoying. Well, that's only three episodes. If this were an actual anime, it would go on for 247 episodes. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, Thankfully, so, Toei has learned the lesson there. So it was, it was pretty annoying, uh, but uh, but I, it was, I was glad that this this episode I think was the one where we basically got rid of it. So. Hmm. Um, anything else? I think we've covered, uh, decently for this episode. Okay. Uh, so then let's move on into Mission 4. We are blasting right through these, like we, as we should be. Uh, we should have done 4 first, then 3. We should have done 4, then 2, then 3. No, we should have done yes. 3 first, then 2. That's what you mean. Yes. Yes. I'm backwards. Um, inform that the Buster Machine, uh, this is, this is Mission 4, Special Ops and Determination. Informed that the Buster Machines are being upgraded for better dealing with future Vagras Megazord attacks, the Go Busters are explaining that it is possible for them to enter the dimension where Messiah is. Hearing that, Hiromu and Yoko feel there's a chance of reuniting with their families, though Kuroki believes that they were unable to survive the transportation that sent Messiah out of their reality. Alerted to enter being sighted at the Anatron Management Bureau's Toma branch, Yoko and Ryuji express some concern in relation to Hiromu being the most affected by the event years ago. Arriving at the Enatron Management Bureau complex, they find Enter cutting a pizza with a pizza cutter and waiting for them before he creates the Metaroid Cutteroid in front of them with a new model of Vagras Megasaur prepared and arriving in eight minutes. With Enter taking his leave, Cutteroid battles the Go-Busters as they assume their fighting forms to fight him as he leads them on a wild goose chase that gets Red Buster wounded. Realizing Cutteroid is bait and how Metaroids function as beacons for their Megazord counterparts, Hiromu has Chida Nick predict both the Anatron tank in Toma and another beyond the mountains as potential targets. Though Ryuji asks him if he intends to be reckless after what the commander said to them as he intends to intercept the Megazord, Hiromu touched the two by pointing that they may still be a chance their families load the anti-metavirus into themselves as well and may still be alive. However, Cutteroid refuses to allow them to meddle, as the Blue Buster and Yellow Buster held the robot off seconds before the arrival of the Cutter Zord. Entering the CB-01 Cheetah and having it become CB-01 Ace, Hiromu battles the Vagras Megazord before finding that it has been outfitted with defenses to overwhelm before to overwhelm before siphoning the Enatron and transmitting to Messiah. As Gorosaki Banana and Usada Lettuce pile up the GT-02 and RI-03 on their own to support, Blue Buster and Yellow Buster scrap Cutteroid. In a gamble, having Nick restore some of Ace's function by shutting down the life support system, Hiromu manages to shut down Cutterzord as Enter takes his leave. After helping Hiromu back, they learn that Kuroki manipulated them in an attempt to track the location of the Vagra's base of operations, expressing his resolve to put an M to Messiah by any means. Whew. Uh, mission four. So I'm gonna start because pitching to Colton is boring sometimes. Um, That's what she said. Yeah, that is what she said. Because women don't like having sex with you? Is that what you're implying? Um, I didn't think that one through. Yeah, you did not. Uh, and so, that's what she said. Um, so, wait, so you're saying that she had sex with you and then she's like, I didn't think that one through. I'm going to shut up now. And that's what she said. Uh, so, Finally. <laughs> so, anyways. <clears throat> I, I really liked... Uh, uh, I, I liked how how Hiromu really uh, diverged from 
I, I don't like comparing him to Sosuke because like this is this Sentai is already an anim, animal slash vehicle Sentai, much like Gohan was. But uh, I'm going to do and it. And it's anyway. already got the plot of RPM. Yeah, right. Uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. I, I really like how Hiromu sort of finally diverged himself from Sosuke as you know he he said I'm going to be reckless, and then he's like, listen, I have reasons. This is this makes sense. I thought it through. Um and uh, and you know that, that it made sense. And then I also liked the uh, we we got some development on on Kuroki, the, the chief. Um, I liked how we got some some development on him, where he's like, you know, I want to defeat Messiah at any cost, whether it means your guy's death or whatever. Like I don't care. Like I just need to get rid of Messiah. He's committed uh, to his job. Committed to the job, right? Uh, so I liked how we got some development on him too, uh, which you know a lot of times you don't get development on the side characters. Um, a lot of times you don't even have the side characters recently, at least. Um, uh, when I say recently, I really just go on Jurend. What's the other one that I'm thinking of? Go Kaiser, where there were where there was like half a side character being being Navi a, and a little Bob. robot. Yeah, the little robot buddy. Uh, whereas this has three robot buddies. Uh, although uh, yeah, I guess I guess there was also well, three now. I guess there was also all the all the um engine partners, but anyways, uh, regardless, um, yeah, I, I liked how we got the, the the development on both those characters, and uh, you know, there there wasn't a lot of a lot of development on on uh, I was about to call her Saki, Yoko, and Ryuji, uh, but uh, Enter as wacky as ever. So uh, Colton, uh, mission, yes. mission four, mission four. It's it's really it's really nice to get. To get the backstory on uh, how this whole thing was set up, uh, how they're they're seeking their parents, how they got how they got the uh, the antivirus of sorts, and were uh, teleported out while everyone else was sent to that death void, which you know does leave up the possibility if they could if they could put this antivirus stuff into the kids and the robots, couldn't they do the same to themselves? Right. Yeah. Sure. In, in fact, at this point, I'm expecting the the next ranger to just come out of the void, having been just living there the whole time. And just be Hiromu's dad or something. No, no, not his dad, but just one of some guy that was there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, it's possible. It is. But uh, but it was interesting to see how the chief was uh was part of like uh this group and uh how he was the only real survivor of the whole setup. So he had to kind of take charge of this whole scenario and uh try to find a way to uh, cover up their mess and uh, keep the world safe. I really like that. Yeah, I like that. He's not also not pussyfooting around. He will sacrifice you if he thinks it'll reach his goals. Yeah, yeah, and he's a he's a I like how he's a he's a, a proper character as opposed to just like a background like, "Oh, I am going to do this and also tell you this." And okay, now go do it as I told you. Like, "All right, we'll do it since you told us." Indeed. And 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 how the how the Ghostbusters doubt him, you know? Like, well, they have reason to. They have their own goal that they don't want to let go, so of course they want to doubt him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, our next episode is Mission 5, Dangerous Overheated Rampage. Um, so uh, let me let me get a shorter sort of... From all of what I understand, it's, it's, it's a very simple problem with Ryuji. He just needs a better cooling fan. Uh, he, he needs he needs liquid cooling is what he needs. Watching the Cutter Zord about to be analyzed, the Gobushers receive a review of the three known Vagras Megazord types being nothing more than shells. Uh, before they receive a mission to help transport an Anatron tank convoy to the Nishizawa district, however, Enter creates the high-speed Metaroid Tyroid to chase after an, the Anatron on foot. 
While Red Buster manages to save the tr- save the truck by blasting the tire that Tyroid's special beam attack made go awry, Blue Buster and Yellow Buster fight Tyroid and the Bugglers before the former uses superpower to break the Metaroid's hands. However, his weak point takes over, and he becomes an entirely different person who attacks friends and friend and foe alike. Blue Buster mercilessly tortures Tyroid before destroying him, and is about to attack Yoko when he overheats and passes out. Gorosaki cools the unconscious Ryuji down, and Yoko breaks down in tears from what just happened. However, Kuroki contacts her and orders her to meet up with Hiromu. Learning that Ryuji is out of commission for the time being, and a Vagras Megazord coming in six minutes, Hiromu and Nick are left on their own to, to oversee the convoy until Yoko joins them. As Yellow Buster accompanies the convoy in the RZ-03 Rabbit, Red Buster intercepts the Tyroid in the CB-01. But when his weak point takes effect, Go Buster, which is great, he sees a billboard with a chicken on it, Gobuster Ace is frozen as the RH-03 Rabbit is forced to hold off the tires or before Blue Buster comes to her aid in the GT-02 Gorilla. After accepting his apology, Yellow Buster has RH-03 assume animal mode to kick the tires or back to for- from Gobuster Ace as Red Buster regains mobility to destroy the Megazord. As the Anatron convoy reaches its destination, something odd is occurring in the hangar where Cutteroid is stationed. Uh, I also am not sure why Gobuster Ace was frozen because Nick can still move it, but whatever. Whatever. Forget about it. Uh, Colton. Mission 5. A lot of stuff happened in Mission 5. Uh, I, I'm telling you, if, if you don't clean out the ports, the dust gets in there, the fan stops up, the CPU overheats, it's just bad business. So, so uh, as I think we mentioned last episode, I'm not sure, but uh, just in case we didn't. So, uh, the GoBusters have weak points, obviously, as as we've been saying all along. I don't, I don't <laughs> As we've mentioned every time we've recorded and lost it. Right. Uh, well, we only recorded once and lost it. I'm not sure if so. I'm not sure if we said it last episode. Is what I'm saying. Uh, but basically, what it is is they're based on computers. So, uh, 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 Hiromu uh, freezes when he sees something that shocks him, which isn't much. Except the problem is that he is scared of chickens. I'm just waiting for the episode where he ends up on a farm. Um, yeah, Yoko. Uh, Yoko crashes right when she doesn't have uh, enough sugar. She burns through calories very fast. Right, she burns through calories very fast. She's diabetic. Um, and, and Ryuji overheats when he works, when he uses his power too much, basically. His, his, his strength power. And, but what do they gain from all these powers, you might ask? Uh, right, so what they gain is Ryuji has super strength, Hiromu has super speed. Super speed. And, and Yoko, Yoko has Yoko super jump. jumping and kicking. And Yoko is black. Yoko's um, a rabbit. Yeah, Yoko's a rabbit. I guess that makes sense. Oh, wow. I did not even realize that. That <laughs> Oh, the first thing that comes to mind isn't rabbit. It's black people. It just blew my Racist. mind that Yoko's a... No, that Yoko's a rabbit. Hiromu's a cheetah. And and Ryuji's a, a gorilla. Surprise! Powers fitting their designated animal. Just made sense. Just made sense. So I guess what is... <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what Beat Buster does. And, and, and next up, if you're a frog, get a handsome kiss. Make a prince. I get it. I get it. He will be played by Johnny on Bosch. Um, speaking really bad Japanese, or didn't uh, didn't didn't Jiraiya? Jir- I think Jiraiya in uh, in in Cockney spoke Andrew. English, so he did. So there we go. Johnny on Bosch will be that guy. Um, so he can't speak Japanese because he's not Japanese. Well, I mean, he can learn Japanese. I'm sure there's a lot of people who aren't Japanese that speak Japanese. Richard Brown. He'll he'll speak Japanese like Richard Brown. Um, right. So, did we already talk about this episode? Oh no, episode five. So, episode. Five. I, I I do like the overheating aspect where uh, it reveals that hey, 
when he overheats, he changes personality completely. He goes into a psychopath who will attack anyone. Yeah, of right. Yoko, Yoko, despite being warned, Yoko's like, that's not true. I'll go talk to him. And she deservedly gets her ass kicked for being <laughs> stupid. When he overheats, he turns into an a-hole. That's not true. Hey, ow, stop hitting me. That's not true. That's impossible. Um, <laughs> Such so, your feelings. You know it to be true. Uh, so, so yeah, so uh, Ryuji overheats, which, uh, which it, it's, I mean, Ryuji's power, Ryuji, Ryuji's weakness seems a lot easier to overcome than the rest of him because he doesn't overheat until he uses his power, whereas the other two are... Or you know they they their things happen no matter what. E, 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 even in fact, he seems to not overheat very easily. Right, exactly. So Ryuji, everyone else has had their their power come up multiple times. So far, uh, Ryuji's only had his come up once. And yeah. theoretically, just throw him in the mech. I bet he's got air conditioning in the gorilla. <laughs> uh, so so Ryuji is apparently is apparently the the the, the least of the worries. So um, but uh, but yeah. So I thought this episode was really good. We got a lot of stuff on Ryuji, and and also you know that he mentioned that. Like first of all, you know they've they've been training together for thirteen years, and she's never seen it. So she she realizes that Ryuji's been protecting her the whole time, and uh, like a like a big brother or a, or a mother, like like Ren. Um. So so yeah so we got we got that whole dynamic too. Um. Hmm. Anything else you want to say about Mission Five? Hmm. Mission five. Well, I, like I said, I did enjoy the I did enjoy the episode. It was it was very good. I just think you know, there's not much more that you can say. Then let's hope he doesn't go nutso again, or this might end badly for the group. Nutso. Oh, I did want to mention. I did mention last time. Uh, Ryuji had the single most badass finisher in the series yet. Using super strength, sending the guy up, stabbing him through the spine with his sword, and just holding his position like stabbed him, or just throw him to the ground. And then and then he dual wielded like a boss on mission eight. We'll talk about that later. Uh, mission six, full power. I mean, combined Gobasuro. But seriously, should be called full power. Because uh, come on, like it makes perfect sense too. Like combined Gobuster O, it's full power. It makes perfect sense. Uh, after failing a simulation that would combine the Gobuster Ace with the GT zero two gorilla and the RN zero zero three rabbit for the twentieth time, Hiromu apologizes for hesitating in the formation, as Ryuji suggests that maybe it's not the younger members' skills that are the issue. Later, while wondering if he should go faster, Nick reminds Hiromu how he and Ryuji met, with the latter teaching him how to throw rocks across the lake uh, when, they were, when they were 7 and 15, respectively. Though Nick explains that Ryuji may know the problem, Hiromu sees no need to ask for help. Suddenly, the headquarters alarms ring as Enter, having used a fragment from the Clutter's Order to find an entrance in the Ijima district, invades the Energy Management Center's headquarters with the newly created Sprayroid to make his way to Hangar 7, where Cutterzord is being held. Having the Bugglers hold the Gobusters at bay, Enter finds the Cutterzord and hacks into the EMB mainframe to reactivate the Megazord, while warning another will be, while warning another will be coming in 9 minutes. As the Gobusters arrive, Cutterzord's projectiles seal the blast doors as Enter enters <laughs> as Enter enters the Hangar's self-destruct sequence before leaving the Gobusters to die with a suicidal spray-roid. However, Blue Buster throws Red Buster out of the hangar so he can use Go Buster Ace to get his teammates out while they destroy Sprayroid. Though the summon Spray Zord interferes with Go Buster Ace's attack on the hangar, Blue Buster and Yellow Buster escape in time. Having realized that he must trust his teammates as they trust him, Red Buster combines the Buster machines to form Go Buster O to deal with Cutter Zord and Spray Zord, destroying the Vagus Megazords with the Dimension Crush attack. Or is it Dimension Crash? Uh, either way. 
Uh, it's computers, so it's probably Crash. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Colton. Yes. What did you think of Mission 6, Full of Power? Let me just say that I, I didn't mention it this time. I might have mentioned it the first episode because we, you know, we did, we did that get, so we long did, ago. We didn't get this far then. No, but I mean for like Buster Ace and stuff, like Go Buster Ace and stuff. I really oh. like the design. I, th- I think, like I said before, I think yeah, it's one you, of the best you looking mechs. That this is, this is it's the, one of the best is, looking mechs. This is the one that's uh, it's it's the, the mech that's made for HD, the HD robot. It, it's the first time that we've ever had that much detail. Which show, if you've ever seen the toy, it shows that that toy has none of the detail. But uh, it, it's it's really interesting just to look at how much detail and special effects and budget they put in this thing because I think they put all their actor budget from Go Kaiser just into special effects this time. Uh, what I was trying to say in the end is uh, I like the detail, the detail in the mech transformation, how uh, how they bring up the shield to protect the, their ship while they while they get attacked, how it details every single little thing in the combination, how uh, even in the attacks they detail how it works, how uh, Yoko has to uh, activate her uh, shield thing to start start protecting and absorb energy, Ryuji starts uh, pumping up energy slowly into the sword to go maximum power, all the little details and buttons and switches and gauges that are constantly moving, the the actual mention of how much Inertron is powering the robot at the time. I also, I also like how... The actual, how, the actual limit of the uh, mech itself, like how long it can be sustained, all these details are incredible. Well, I also, I also like how they, they address the fact that, that you know, when, when the mechs are combining, the robots should, should be, theoretically, a sitting duck that's just sitting there and combining. But they address the fact that it sort of creates a force field around it while it combines so that they don't, you know, get destroyed while they're combining. Which I, which I assume is a similar thing that happens when the previous Sentai henchin, whereas this, this Sentai, when they henchin, it doesn't go to a henchin sequence. It just shows them henching in person. Which is nice. It's not stock footage. Yeah, it's not stock. Well, I don't know. I like the stock footage sometimes. Well, there has been one or two, one instance of stock footage because they reused the transformation of him on the bike when he was going into the mech. But that's an easy one to stock footage up. Right, right, yeah. But, like, they, you know, it's, it's, not like, it's not like a pre-recorded one that they use every single time. Which, of um, Which, obviously, you know, for the rest of them, they, it's, all, all previous Sentai, they, they do that, and it's like, you know, a minute and a half long, and they're, they're apparently sitting ducks while they're doing it. Whereas, you know, in this Sentai, it's immediately it happens, and, you know, they have to fight, and then put the, the actual visors on, which is, which is cool. Um, yeah, and it actually shows them actually... Uh... It's it's gonna be interesting to see how this result affects the uh, actual Power Rangers adaptation because there is no stock footage changing. So are they just gonna have to insert their own uh, on the fly thing? Or are they gonna make it stock footage despite there not being stock footage? I mean they always they I mean they always do their own thing anyway. So well yeah, but I'm interested to see if if they'll try the same route. Yeah yeah, it'll be interesting. I I don't I mean I don't know. A stock stock footage is cheaper, so they might they might do that. But um but who knows? It, it might bring in new fans if you kind of uh, up the ante on the show. Yeah, yeah, it, w- it would be interesting. Um, other than that, yeah, Go Buster Row is is cool looking. Uh, he's, he looks a little bit. He looks a little bit big, like it's, a little. It's got, it's a got little, an impressive little, attack too. Looks, it I mean, looks a little buff. I, don't, I don't know how they're gonna add two more mechs onto this and make it look normal. Well, they don't really have to, do they? Well, they're, they're probably going to though. They could replace the two mechs they put on with the other two mechs. They could have two separate robots. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, they, they probably will have two separate ones, and then they're going to combine. They always combine, but who knows? Maybe. Well, look at look at Gokaiser. How how that combination didn't get all that big, did it? Maybe yeah, maybe they'll subvert the trope. Um, what was the biggest combination we got in uh in Gokaiser? A seven robot combination? It was no G twelve. 
Uh, it, it actually made me feel more like a Zoo Ranger with uh, seven robots. Um, seven. Yeah. Yes. Because like, each ranger has their own, and then dragon, the seventh one that's not associated with any one ranger. Yeah. Well, I mean, Gokai Fire. Oh um, yes, which, which just makes me sad we didn't get him to come on as Gokai Fire. So, um, <laughs> but this is not Gokai. So let's move on. Yes, let's move on to mission seven: bad maintenance on the Ace. After the formation of GoBuster, the Buster machines are going under maintenance. But during the repairs, the GoBusters meet a klutzy rookie mechanic named Mamoru Koyama, who has just joined the maintenance team for GoBuster Ace, much to Hiromu's dismay, as he talks about the newbie's unprofessional conduct. Later, the GoBusters are alerted to Enter's arrival in the Hayashibara district as he creates Trainroid with a Vagras Megazord prepared to be transported in the city within 30 minutes. As the GoBusters arrive, Enter reveals his intention to use Trainroid to gather enough Enertron to produce more Metaroids and in turn get more Vagus Megazords deployed. After taking out the bugglers blocking their path, the GoBusters learn that GoBuster Ace has suffered an Enertron malfunction as Hiromu draws back and learns that it was Koyama's fault for not properly checking the charging system. Later, Nick tries to convince his partner that Koyama's not all bad, but Hiromu's still upset. Blue Buster and Yellow Buster intercept Trainroid and derail it, so it can run into Red Buster who fights it before he suddenly freezes at the side of a chicken-shaped weather vane. Rooster shape, really. Luckily, the others arrive to destroy the weather vane and enable him to catch up to the Metaroid. I wonder if they paid for that guy's weather vane. <laughs> Probably not. The three GoBusters proceed to overwhelm Trainroid before they destroy him. By that time, the train Zord arrives with two Bug Zords to assume a train formation to get to an Enatron tank. As GT-02 Gorilla and RA-02 Rabbit battle the Vagus Megazords, Red Buster returns to the hangar where he finds Koyama repairing GoBuster Ace and apologizes <laughs> to him. Okay, now I'm just picturing f- form, engine, and, c- and car, carriage. And I'll form the, I don't know, the, but what's the front part? The engine. The, con- the conductor? Oh, yeah, I guess, but then you can't say form, engine, and whatever. Form, 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 tra- form track, and carriage. Form, caboose, and log Smokestack. <laughs> Smokestack, there we go. And I'll form the engine. Let's go train force. I don't know. Train Voltron. That, train train force, the next Power Ranger series. Wow. No, that, that that's uh Common Rider Train Force. AKA Deno. Um That's good. Uh with the Megazord repairs complete, Hiromu tells Koyama not to let his failure get to him, and Koyama realizes that his fight against the Vagras is being part of the maintenance crew. Redbuster deploys GoBuster Ace to form GoBuster O to counter the Vagus Megazord's train formation. After taking out the Bug Zords, GoBuster O destroys the train Zord. Later, after after returning to the hangar, Hiromu leaves GoBuster Ace in Koyama's hands. Uh, Colton. Mission 7. I really do like the addition of the details, like uh, how they have to have individual maintenance and uh, really just just the, the behind the scenes, really just seeing that you know these robots just don't fix themselves. There's a whole staff and crew, a large one at that, that each does their own piece. And uh, we've got to see the, the details inside of a mech. We got to see a fried motherboard getting replaced. I mean, it's it's just incredible the kind of detail they've added. I like how missing a switch just destroys everything. Well, obviously, it was probably it was probably a it was probably a switch they had to flip to ensure that it, it knew when to stop or when it was full, and so it probably got overloaded. I also like how Nick doesn't notice that he missed to flip the switch. Well, also, also, he, also he, the- he was just too adjusted to that perverted uh, ear scratching that he was getting. 
oil rubbed down. Also, also how there's nobody, 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 like, nobody double checks anybody's work. Like, it's just, it's just him. All right, I'm done. Okay, cool. We believe you. I don't know. I feel like that should be uh, happening. Well, he was the last guy. He, it, it was, the problem was he was being rushed, you know? Yeah, yeah, but, you know, there should still be a double checker just in case. Um, anyways, uh, anything else about Mission 7? Uh, it was nice that, that, uh, they all kind of, uh, learned a little bit better to work together, and, uh, Hiromu learned that sometimes being blunt stuff enough, you gotta show a little bit of compassion. True, true. Yeah, I liked how he's like, yeah, I don't know, that guy will be working on Ace, and like, I think he heard you. He definitely heard you. Yeah. Um, okay. Mission 8, almost there. Um... Uh, mission 8 is Protect the Machine Blueprints. After piloting the GT-02 Gorilla in some, to get in some target practice, Ryuji meets with the others as Kuroki reveals that Enter has been sighted at the Megazord de- de- development facility and is likely after the blueprints to a new buster machine. When the Go-Busters intercept Enter when he, proposes, when he poses as a cop during an uproar he caused, he uses bugglers to cover, for him, to cover him and tries to reach the blast doors. However, after failing to get through in time, Enter escapes as Ryuji meets his old high school friend, Kazuya. Kazuya takes the Go Busters to the blueprints of the new Buster Machine, BC-04, with the group realizing that Enter may be after them to fortify the Vagra's forces. Ryuji reveals that he and Kazuya are both interested in Megazords as high school students, but after the incident 13 years ago, Ryuji was forced to give up on his dream. Soon after, the EMC staff are alerted to the creation of Drillroid, and contact the Bagobusters and contact the Gobusters of a Vagras Megazord's arrival within three minutes. Realizing that Enter has an inside man, Ryuji decides to stay behind as the others enter the Buster machines to deal with the enemy Megazord. However, there seemed to be a no-show, Red Buster realizes their enemy is underground by that time, and realizing Kazuya has been helping Enter, Ryuji confronts Kazuya when he finds him copying the blueprint data into a memory drive and is shocked to find how disillusioned his friend became just before Drillroid arrives and downloads his, the data with Ryuji forced to destroy the computer. However, Drillroid notices the memory drive with Blue Buster holding the Metaroid off as Kazuya runs off with the item. Though having second thoughts as Blue Buster destroys Drillroid, Kazuya loses the memory drive to enter and is paid for his services. Coming to the others' aid in the GT-02 Gorilla, Bluebuster joins the others in forming Go-Buster O and forcing the Drill Zortus to the surface. Uh, and, and they don't force they don't force them to the surface. They uh, and using the dimension crash so that the ground doesn't matter because they break their dimensions, I guess, and uh, destroying it. Later, Ryuji finds a regretful Kazuya and forgives his old friend while telling him to continue working for both him and their mentors. You know, rather than being thrown in jail for betraying a government agency. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, I, I like that uh, we, we got the first little sneak preview of the next mech, which was even given the number 04, so it should be the next Rangers mech. But the enemy has it. So does that mean that that mech will come with the next Ranger from the enemy's side? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Messiah turns into a good guy. Enter. Enter turns into a good guy. <laughs> Enter is the fourth Ranger. <laughs> It's it's just like you were saying with Bosco. There was potential there, but then he became too nope. evil. It makes just as much sense. He could have if he if he was just making a ploy or something, but yeah, he was too evil by the end. He had to die. Bosco, Bosco enter turning makes just as much sense as Bosco turning. Um. Anyways. Anyways, shut up. Um. Any, so, anyways, th- this this whole scenario was just turned into a disaster. 
all that work building a new robot. And the worst thing is Ryuji ended up destroying the original way, so they don't even have a backup copy. Yeah. If he had just let them download it, they'd still have it. Well, you know, I mean, it's... Uh, they, don't, they don't want the bad guys to get it. Uh, all Re- all Ryuji did was, not, was destroy their own copy while losing it, instead of just lo- losing a copy but still having the original. At all costs. Apparently at all costs means destroy your own copy and let the bad guys get away with the actual copy. Um. Okay. So, uh, and is there anything else you wanted to say? It, 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 it's it's just funny to me that they actually think that it's a good idea to, hey, leave the guy who betrayed us. He won't do it again. Again. And again. Uh, oh, wait, no. just, just wait until Buster Machine 05 is designed and then somehow disappears. And then that guy walks away with another bundle of money. <laughs> He's making it rain. He just walks, like, he just walks in making it rain. Just oh yeah, I'll make you rain. I'll make. Oh no, I didn't get this. I didn't get this money from the bad guys. Don't worry about it, guys. I'll make I it rain. I'll make it rain. Right. I'll make it rain. Um. Okay. Uh. The next episode is filler. Very much filler. But it's there's there's I don't know there's development. But mission filler. Mission nine. Usada rescue strategy. This mission not only does not have Go Buster Row, but doesn't have a single Metaroid or Megazord. So. They do fight the Bugzord. They fight Bugzords, yeah. They, they fight giant fodder. It, it, would be this, it would be the same thing as, as an episode where the Shinkenders just fight giant Anashi Renju. At, at least we under, understand why this episode happened, because as we find out, Enter wants Inatron so we can actually build the Megazord. Right, Enter's like, alright, well, um. We need Let's, the resources. Let's yeah, we need, we need we need resource. We need we need we need Megazords to steal Enatron. And, 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 and the Messiahs freak out. You won't be taking my power. He's, he's like, I wonder if there's an easier way to get uh, to get Enatron. And then Let's hears the radio. He starts listening in, and there's somebody making a phone call who's trying to uh, they kidnap uh, Usada because he was fighting with with Yoko, and so. Um, so they they decide okay let's he decides okay maybe I should just kidnap Usada, so the uh, the GoBusters go to save Usada from the kidnappers, and they're all like um and and Enter shows up like okay I'm gonna kidnap him now and ask for twenty thousand trons, uh of Enatron, and it's like oh well then that sucks. So uh, Yoko comes up with a plan. Where they use a a fake uh, a fake Ryuji, uh, and by fake Ryuji I mean not fake fake Hiromu. Not fake Ryuji, sorry, fake Hiromu. I said Ryuji. I meant fake Hiromu, and by fake Hiromu I mean uh, Morishita. And so, so Morishita acts as a fake Hiromu, and Enter doesn't realize it uh, until he sees the real Hiromu in the background, which and is also then, on purpose. Uh, yes, which is which is also on purpose. Because they're also using a fake Yoko, who is Nakamura Miho, Miho from the the the, uh, the other the other person who is there. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't have they didn't have the chief be a fake Ryuji. Um. So so Nakamura acts acts as a fake Yoko uh, to throw Enter off while they they uh, initiate their rescue mission to save Usada. Uh, but, um, but, uh, Enter catches on, and so he, uh, he makes, he makes Usada's bomb go off faster. 
and uh, and Yoko's like, oh crap. And luckily, luckily there was a plan B. Luckily, plan B kicks in, and Hiromu and Ryuji save Usada, Us- Usada, Usada, and uh, and then Yoko comes down, and then they save the day. Yeah, I, I, I love the plan B was run off the side, have your mechs go out and fight on their own to make it look like you left, and then wait in the shadows to help. Basically, I guess that that's about it. And then Enter had his first major freakout, like a uh, Messiah did. Yeah, oh yeah, Enter got super pissed. Like, <laughs> I threw off his glasses and just started screaming like a psycho. I don't know, I was kind of hoping that he would Zarbon it up, but then he just sort of had stuff fly, flow out of him and then left. <laughs> oh, that, that would have been the perfect instance. Uh, he freaks out, then, he, pull, then he, pulls out a, he pulls out his transformation device and becomes Beat Buster. Yeah, that Everyone's would be like, interesting. Yeah, villainous ranger. Why not? It's been done before. It has been done in the past. And Toei loves doing things again in the, from the past. Um. So that is Go Busters so far. Can we go Busters? Can we go Busters? We got through Go Busters so far. Um. So Colton, so far, what do you think of Go Busters? What do you think of the characters? Uh. Let's just let's talk about the the Busters, the 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 uh the Buddy Roids. The the support staff and uh, enter and Messiah are villains. <sighs> well, let's see. How can I say this? I love the show. I really do. It's great. I mean, whereas Go Kaiser was fine for what it was, it gave me a lot of nostalgia. So I love that. This is be- This is more of a qual. This is better quality as a show itself, not counting all the nostalgia crap. Yeah, it's got an well, interesting story, has, interesting it, setting, interesting characters. The designs are amazing. I like that they kind of switched from spandex for the first time in like nearly thirty years. Um, so uh, I want to say how I, I like. Um, so uh, specifically about each character, Hiromu, I, I like. For, first of all, it is it is true that everybody's a little bit like their go under counterparts. Uh, not necessarily a bad thing, except Yoko, who is who is not the same at all. Um, but, <laughs> no smile, smile. Yeah, but uh, but Hiromu, Hiromu, uh, you know, I, I liked him a little more in the beginning, but now he just seems a little a little bit more of a jerk than 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 he had been earlier. Uh, but you know, it's it, it's still you know he's 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 growing back on me, and um and Ryuji obviously his big brother shtick, uh, and then the buddy roids the buddy roids seem very one note, but uh, oh, but, give them some time. Yeah, maybe they'll grow somehow. Uh, but enter, enter. I, uh, I, I he's just he's just crazy and wacky in a fun way. Yeah, he's just he's just weird, you know. He's just he's just weird. Kava, Gulbastas. Sava. Um. Anything else you want to say about Gulbusters? Huh. I I, I really like. There's not much I don't like about it. I mean, it's just amazing. The detail and thought, the little the little nods to Power Rangers are nice too with the with the Megazords and it's morphin' time. It's morphin' time. I, I like that. The, I like that the robots are basically three stock robot types, but they take on the traits of whatever Metroid they create. Yeah, I really like I think that. I, that. That adds a lot of custom combination. You know what they could do? They could actually make like just three base robot bodies and then sell a package of parts to let you make your own custom fights. That would be interesting. Bandai, there's your money. Do it. Um, what's I mean? What I mean? Th- it seems like Bandai never does villain 
robots and toys anymore, and it's like, what's the point of buying all these hero toys if you don't have anyone to smack? Yeah, no, that that is. I, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I could just make him battle my giant Mexican Pikachu piggy bank, but that wouldn't be the same. So, speaking of adults playing with Sentai toys, you want to move on into uh, into the next stuff? We delve into the nerd colony that is Akihabara. Yes, with Hikonen Sentai, Akiba Ranger. That's right, Hikonen Sentai Akiba Ranger. I, th- I heard some people were a little worried that we wouldn't cover this, but uh, it's Sentai. It's made by Toei. Um, so, so we're, we're, we're talking about it. Um, Akiba Ranger. Very interesting. Uh, so, I, I, I think I should explain Akiba Ranger first. Uh, let me just read the, read the wiki, the wikia. It says, uh, Akiba Ranger is being named the unofficial installment on the Super Sentai series. Its theme is based on Akihabara, the Akihabara, a.k.a. Electric Town, section of Tokyo. Uh, the series, blah, 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 blah. Uh, a notable difference uh, from the Super Sentai series is that it's airing on Tokyo MX and B Asahi, as opposed to TV Asahi, the regular, BS Asahi, rather. Uh, and another notable difference is that the series is geared towards teenagers and otaku, as opposed to younger children and families. So, um, teenagers and otaku, indeed. Uh, it's it's basically it's basically for for people like us who didn't are going grow, to die alone. <laughs> yeah, who didn't grow up and kept watching Power Rangers. So this show is about other people who didn't grow up and kept watching Sentai. So, um. Gonna die alone. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't want to say that, but yeah. Now that you I, mention it, I really don't know what to, uh, what how to describe a Kiba Ranger. So I guess uh, a weird mind rapey. It is definitely weird. So our, our three main characters are, are Nobuo Akagi, who is a 29 year old who works as a delivery boy for Sasaki Pompoko Delivery. He loves Super Sentai and is shown to have a vast knowledge of the franchise, often having delusions about being a hero. He also has a great interest in an anime called Nijiyome Academy Zikune Aoi, which is a fictional. Uh, whenever Akagi transforms into Akiba Red, he references a past Super Sentai warrior in his introduction pose. They're really fastly going to run out of series, but then again, it's a short series, so that's fine. Akiba Blue is Mitsuki Aoyagi, who is a famous 18-year-old martial artist who became an Akiba Ranger so she could become stronger. She's a very serious person and secretly loves Zikune Aoi. Unlike her teammates, Mitsuki knows little to nothing about the Super Sentai. She's very uncomfortable doing any of the things Akagi tells her to do, such as making poses or calling each other by their colors and not their actual names. An unusual feature of her suit is a picture of a teddy bear printed on its lower backside. Did not notice that. Uh, and then Yumidia Moe. How did you not notice the teddy bear? They they paid a pretty big emphasis on that early on. I probably I'm probably wasn't paying attention. Uh, Yumidia is a 23 year old woman who loves cosplaying. Her name used here is a cosplay alias instead of her real name. Though she acts like a child, she is actually an office worker during the day and speaks in a deep voice whenever her costume's look is compromised. 
She's also known to draw her own doujinshi and sells them as at Kamiket, which she often babbles about during her introduction pose as Akiba Yellow, which is great because like if you if you cut it together, she's she's actually I think speaking coherently. Due to her experience in the cosplay, she tends to stay in character even while transformed. In one such instance, she cosplayed as Mere from Juken Sentai Geki Ranger and even adopted her fighting style in battle. I must have missed that too. Uh, she's also known to have vast knowledge of Super Sentai, however, not as great as compared to Akage. Yumeria is revealed to be a Fujoshi, as she suddenly goes moe and loses consciousness over a homoerotic scene. Her perversion has ruined his heroic delusions. And I love their henshin device is... is... Oh, oh god, I'm just now picturing this. Since this is all just delusions, just imagine what he was doing on the middle of the street. There are pictures on the internet now. Because that's where people are taking pictures of phones. So, anyways, um, their henchin device is is uh, Aoi from uh, from that from that fictional anime, who turns into a gun, and then their finishing attack is Moe Magnum. Wait, wait, wait! She turns into a gun. Yeah. So, she, so she's the little girl version of Megatron from the original Transformers. I don't even know. I'm, well, she, I'm disturbed. Now. She's Moe, so she's probably like 34, and she looks 10. <laughs> you know how Moe works. No, I don't. Do you really not know how Moe is? I don't even know what the help thing means. Um, you know what? Be glad about that. It's 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 like before you knew what Yaoi was. I miss those days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My yeah. innocence. Um, so I guess I should explain to people, because I guess if Colton doesn't know, that means a lot of people must not know. So uh, I kind of have an idea, but not really. So, it's, so, it's not something that really has a, a good knowledge of meaning, because people confuse what it means really a lot. So the idea... It, it, it's sort of it's sort of like cutesy, stuff like that. Well, the idea of... Yeah, it's, it's sort of like cutesy. Uh, I think the idea of Moe is, is basically like... At least the the way it's usually portrayed is is these characters who are who are older. Um, it's basically like like jailbait that isn't really jailbait, right? So like Japanese people want to be attracted to twelve year olds, but they're not allowed to be. So they make these characters. Well, not since not since nineteen ninety nine. Right. So they make these characters twenty three. <laughs> that is sad. They make these characters twenty three that just sort of look twelve, and that's Moe. So basically, a less extreme version of Sasami from Tenchi Muyo, who was like nine hundred. Sure, whatever. Um, I guess. Uh, but so, then, and then she turns out she died and was replaced by a goddess. So she just took the form of a little girl. But so was really... so yeah. So what what it is the Japanese people want to be pedophiles, but they're not allowed to be, so they do moe instead. Uh, at least that's that's the way I understand it. Um, that might not uh, be. It, exactly it would explain accurate. the lack of any population whatsoever. Yeah. Right. Um. So. Uh, with with that explanation aside, let let's talk about the show itself, Akiba Ranger. There's so many references. You have to have explanations. Oh, oh my gosh, Akiba Rangers is crazy, dog. Um, <laughs> like even actually... in the intro, they have the Japanese version of LOL in the middle of a song written in text. I don't even I don't even know, man. Uh, there's there's you should look at the wiki page. Like the the tropes and references are longer than the actual the the actual this summary. Of course, and I'm going to go through all of them. Of course, I, something I found out when I was looking up in the Akiba Ranger page is apparently for translations. Uh, apparently, one group I think uses uh, the two chan stuff that uh, he was saying on screen, like uh, two chan has the references. So uh, apparently, uh, overtime uses four uh, chan references. 
for an English equivalent. That's hysterical. So, so that does mean there's going to be some offensive language in the subs. <laughs> oh my oh, you gosh. Know, refer to the, the, the one with the new fag. See, yeah, I was about to say, see, new fag. Oh my god, that was a, that was the best. That was the best thing ever. New fact. Did or, somebody or get the how, uh, She called him Bo. She called him Boken Rangers. Like you fucking idiot. Back the f up. Yeah. Did somebody get owned? But, oh my should, god. Maybe, maybe we should summarize one episode at a time. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> this, 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 overtime is the best. Uh, okay. After being berated for his Deco Ranger cosplaying and his fanboy detour derailed by his leopard anime character Aoi, Nobuo Akagi finishes his delivery to Sayaka's place of work and meets a woman who offers him a chance to make a difference as an Akiba Ranger. First off, I, before we go on, I have to say I am disappointed by uh, our main character already. He, he actually thought he would pass up. Did you see that mech? It was Mazman's mech! A mint condition in box is gonna pass it for some Moe crap. So cheap, me. so expensively cheap. Ladies and gentlemen, our main character, Colton Clayton. I had to pay two hundred dollars for that thing. Uh, Akagi is basically Colton. Uh, so so thinking he's being recorded for a television show, Akagi meets his teammates, student Mitsuki Ayagi, and then cosplayer Yumeria Moegi. Oh, that's funny. It's just Moe in her name. Before being before arriving at the Super Sentai themed cafe, he meets. Yeah, they, they, actually, people think that's a fake name, by the way. It is her name. Her name, her, her name, Yumeria, has a Yume or Dream in it, and then she has Mo in her name. No, it, it is it is a fake name. She specifically says so. I guess Yellow would be in her actual name. Maybe I don't know. Since there's red in the red guy's name and blue in the blue guy, blue girl's name. I mean, she says at at the end of of episode three, she says that that's just a cosplay name. So. Oh, I can't remember that far back. That was the latest episode. I thought that was the last episode. There was the, it was no, it was the latest episode. Oh, that explains it. At least as of as of recording, the, the latest episode actually came out today in Japan. I think so. You you, you could you could tell my I'm a little bit brain frazzled right now. Um. Anyways. So, uh, um, yeah, you, Maria Moegi, before arriving at the Super Sentai theme cafe, Himitsukuchi. Himitsukuchi, Himitsukichi. After formally introducing herself as Hiroyo Hakase, she gives them her, their MMZ-01 phones to become Akiba Rangers. However, once learning that they're, they're not an official Super Sentai team, they resolve to save the world and become legit. However, the other Akiba Rangers are annoyed when Hakase reveals that she has no enemies for them, but assures that one will surface. That, that's that like night, all Sentai. Enemy will always appear. Yeah. Later that night, after finding a hurt cafe worker, Akagi alerts the others while thinking it to be an Infersia attack. However, as the other two vampire girls merge into an entirely different monster, a woman reveals herself to be the mastermind, as the Akiba Rangers' transformation transports everyone to the mountains. After the Akiba Rangers' introduction posing, the villain introduces herself as Malsina before sticking her... shatiques on them? I don't even know. After a long fight with a monster... Oh, her co- her corporate uh, peons or something like that? Yeah. After a long fight with the monster... This is worse than Sakura t- Sachirakura. Shibuya Seitakawadachi Sohigen Agaburamushi. Whew. I'm glad I not to say that again. Oh, I, I, you kind of do because the, those type of names are pretty much every monster's names. Yeah, all their monsters' names have a location followed by some sort of meaning. 
the Akiba Rangers learn from Hakase that they have no giant robot and are forced to wait for the monster's revival before realizing it will never happen. Returning to Cafe Hamitsukuchi, Hakase reveals the entire fight and the enemies were nothing more than a successful delusion. So, uh, that happened, but I should probably tell you all of the tropes and references. So, let's go through the tropes and references. At the end, at the start of the episode, Nobuo is daydreaming that he is Bonbon Akaza, Deca Red, with red duct tape around his legs and the SBD logo taped to the back of his jacket, covering the logo of where he actually works, in an attempt to resemble Bon's uniform. The tape is promptly ripped off by his boss when she finds him. Ironically, the name of the company he works for, Sasaki Pompoko Delivery, has the same initialism as Special Police Deca Ranger, or Space Patrol Delta. Also, while imagining himself as Deca Red, he addresses his boss as Umeko, after Deca Pink. Nobuo says the die-cast Mass Man Grade 5 Mechatora revolutionized DX toys with gen- genuine ABS plastic parts and accurate decals. Nobuo compares himself to Ron- Ronru Itsuki, Abra Yellow, a Bakuryu Sentai Abra Ranger, when he's recruited by Hiro- Hi- Hiroyo Hakase, who received her dino brace after stopping a mugging, just as Nobuo attempted to do. But his, but his daydreaming of stopping the mugger interrupted him, resulting in the victim saving herself by throwing Nobuo's bike at the mugger, which is hilarious. Nobuo decides that Mizuki is the Blue Ranger because that color is in her name, Aoyagi, just as red as in his name, Akagi. He says, he says that for yellow, they have to look for someone with key, the key character in their name, claiming that he, they need their colors in their names. This references the older Super Sentai series, as only a handful, such as Denji Man and Gogo 5, had colors in their name, uh, as well as um, Akashi from, from Bokenger. When Mizuki says that Nobuo is an old man after he reveals he's 29, Nobuo thinks of Ipe Akagi, who I don't know who that is. Um, according to Morphin Grid, he is Denji Red. Oh, they're both named Akagi. Interesting. <laughs> uh, oh, there it is. Ipe Akagi, Denji Red of Denji Man. I should have kept reading. And Ryo Tendo, Red Hawk of Jetman, saying, Where were the great Sentai Reds? What would the great Sentai Reds do at a time like this? Nobuo says it's impossible to have both a blue and yellow female ranger in the same team because it's never been done before. <laughs> he does not want to break the tropes. Yumeria says she wants to be a strong and cute yellow, like Chisato Jogasaki, Mega Yellow. Nobuo is pleased that she knows of her. There's a great amount of Super Sentai merchandise in the Sentai Cafe. Specifically, Nobuo and Yumeria, respectively, point out the man sized model of Seiju Sentai Ginga Men's Gingayo and the life size model of Mega Ranger's Mandora Boy. The first appearance of Kaz Kaz, who dresses up as many Super Sentai characters at the show, sees her dressed up as Natsuki, Natsuki Mamiya, while another waitress is dressed as Sakura Nishihori, Boken Yellow and Boken Pink, respectively. Nobuo says to Hiroyo that they should call her manager while they're in Sentai Cafe, like, when you're here, call me Commander Edogawa. Commander Edogawa was the original Sentai mentor and Himitsu Sentai Go Ranger. Just as Hiroyo is the manager of the Sentai Cafe, Edogawa Gonpachi disguised himself as the cook at snack shop Gon when operating in public, which was the secret entrance to the Go Ranger headquarters. The shop later became the food parlor Gon. When the Akiba Rangers first transform, they end up in a warehouse, which Mizuki questions. Nobuo explains to her that it is one of Sentai's most common settings. I'm like halfway through, this is crazy. After discovering the cafe made in distress, the team find a replica real estate van. Nobuo deduces that the cafe is connected to the Lords of the Underworld, explaining that in Maji Ranger, the Heavenly Saints and the underground Hades Empire in Fersha had pocket dimensions for personal use, which are called replica realms. <sighs> when they arrive at the cafe, the team meets two maids dressed as Nai and Mia, 
Nobu de- deduces that they are actually one monster from the way they talk. Indeed, they soon combine into... I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> it's a very similar but slightly different name. Shibuya... In Maju Thanks. Ranger, the original Nai and Mi were the split form of phantom spy Vancuria, who split herself in two to keep herself from getting bored. And if she wished, they could combine that to her. In the roll call, Nobuo states that Bon Bon is his favorite deck arranger and mimics his pose. The Akiba Rangers acknowledge the explosion that occurred at the end of the roll call, with Ayagi ducking and holding her head in fright, and and the, the colors of the smoke hitting hitting the uh, the villains. Um, when Mizuki protests to being called by her color, Nobuo states that after they transform, their color is their name. He describes this as one of Super Sentai's basic tropes, although he notes that after Five Man, they stopped for a while. Until around Bokenger. Uh When the Akiba Rangers take down the Shak- Shakiku grunts with their Moe Magnum, Shibuya calls them cowards for using their finisher already. After the grunts are defeated, Nobuo tells Mizuki not to let her guard down, noting that we might have dealt with the mooks, but the monster of the week won't be that easy. Nobuo notes that whenever the enemy co- one of the enemy commanders in Super Sentai says something like, you could take it from here, just as copyright NA, I guess that's a... The, the, whatever said Joe, just the, the bad guy, the main bad guy, I guess is copyright NA is I guess the uh, but okay, whatever. Um, I lost my place. Just copyright NA says to Shibuya, it always without fall triggers the flag for the monster of the week's defeat. Shortly after, when the Akiba Rangers gain the upper hand over Shibuya, Mizuki knows that they haven't gotten any stronger, but now they're winning. Nobu says the very concept of consistent power levels don't exist in Super Sentai. Oh, this is just not subtle at all. The Akiba Rangers wait until sunset for Shibuya to grow into a giant after he's destroyed, just how they always do, but it never happens. While waiting, Nobuo Nobuo just notes that these bad guys are subverting all the tropes. It should be noted that some Super Sentai series never had revived Slash and Lars, the first monster of Sentai team and faced. Gokaiger and Gosager being the most recent examples. And then there are a few Sentai series where the monster of the week isn't Lars at all, like Go-Busters, where it's a different monster. Right. And finally, trivia. He, uh, ha- Hiroyo Hakase explains that for the GoBusters to be an official series, GoBusters, no, the Akiba Rangers to be an official series, they'd have to have an adaptation of their adventures in television and merchandise. At the same time, however, she explains that the powers and enemies of the Akiba Rangers are delusions. Thus, the first episode never makes it clear whether the Akiba Rangers are real-world Sentai world while the others are fictional, or whether in order to join the ranks of the official Super Sentai, they have to be recognized, like how Ban Ban is featured in the next episode. The narration in the opening credits does, however, state that the series' premise is not established in the first episode. And when the Akiba Rangers appear be- before Marushina, she calls them knockoffs to Super Sentai. This is similar to the introduction of Go-Busters in Gokaiger vs. Gavin, where Bosco assumed the Go-Busters were Super Sentai wannabes. The obvious difference is that the Go-Busters are actually a Super Sentai team. Indeed they are. And that is episode one. That was a mouthful. Yeah, it was. We should probably switch off on those. Um, Colton! Yes? What did you think of Akiba Ranger Episode 1 with all those tropes? I was troping my balls off, man. <laughs> You'd be troping. Indeed. This this series is weird in a good way. I mean, it's, it's obviously making fun of its fan base a little, but they're having fun with it. It's not mean-spirited, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it's 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 it, it, it's like a roast or a riff or something with of something you care about. 
it's 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 passionate, a, a little bit ready, but it's fine. It, it's very interesting to see that the Red is quite possibly the single most delusional man on the planet, since apparently he just daydreams all day. Yes, day. second second only to Colton Clayton. Oh, because I just go around running around fighting people in my head while people stare at me in confusion. I'm sure you do. I, I don't doubt it. I'm uh, not that delusional for you. I'll ask, I'll ask Chris. Or more specifically, I just sit in my house, lay on my bed, and then pretend that I'm fighting someone. You see, I don't do it the public eye. Because <laughs> I want to get laid one day. And that will not happen if I go around punching trees and foaming at the mouth while holding a gun shaped like a little girl. I um, don't think that needs ex- any more further explanation. I don't know if it's true or not, though. I don't know what you mean, but okay. <laughs> I don't know what I mean either, so it's okay. <laughs> Anyways, I I, th- I think the costumes are actually quite interesting. They're certainly a bit different, especially the female members, which are a little bit more uh, revealy and skirty, upskirty kind of. Except that, and, except that, and, like, and the- with the case with Yellow, where she actually has a bounce animation in her transformation. That's, oh, yeah, yeah. that's something new. And let's not forget that Blue Ranger has an image of an animal on her butt. Sure. Although she seems to be taking this the most seriously of the three. Yeah, she does well... Because she wants to fight, whereas, uh, whereas our the rest main protagonist, Akagi, is, is permanently in delusion and just... Yeah, yeah, I, I like how Akagi is like just always having delusions, like even when he's not in the delusion zone or whatever. Um, he can yeah. apparently summon Sentai people to the real world with his delusions. Well, like, okay, so so uh, I guess we'll, we'll go into that. There's not a lot to say about episode one. Uh, not a lot happens. They, they get the powers. That's about it. Uh, and everything's and then they're told that it's a delusion and everything's confusing. So uh, and, I guess, and the Yellow Ranger scares me, by the way, huh. in so many ways. So I guess let's just move on right into episode episode two. In further explaining to the Akiba Rangers that their fight was a mere delusion, Hakase plays a, plays a security camera recording that shows the trio pretending to fight invisible opponents on the street while the police storm into the maid cafe to arrest those who attempted to shut down the establishment. Distraught by this revelation, Akagi leaves Cafe Himitsukuchi and mopes around along a car park when he sees Ryuji Saine as he's on his way to an event promoting the Japanese language dub of Power Rangers SPD. Ryuji Saine, of course, being... Saine? Saine? Yeah, Saine. Of course, being the, the actor who played Bonbon. Their, their passionate meaning, meeting is yet another grand illusion, but Ryuji notices Akagi and th- thanks him for his continuing to support him and Tokso Sentai Deca Ranger. Meanwhile, Mitsuki and Yumiria head to Otomics to buy some Aoi merchandise when they see a group of otaku running to a back alley to get their hands on boots of, bootlegs of an upcoming Aoi DVD release. But from their perspective, the duo discover that this is yet another villainous scheme by Malsina, who uses bootleg DVDs and peel-away bubble sheet stickers to magically strip nerds of their clothing. Which is hysterical. Uh, they decide to ignore this incident, but Malsina forces them to fight with the sub-chief clerk, Shibuya Kozorinahigenagaburamushi. During the battle, the sub-chief clerk reveals to the duo that Akihabara's Utaku culture is an embarrassment to Japan, and his organization is out to destroy the district and turn it into another Shibuya. Akagi is called in to assist his comrades, but he declines the order. Just as Akiba Blue and Akiba Yellow are about to be defeated, Hakase shuts down the delusion as an emergency precaution, warning them that another shutdown may permanently remove their delusions. They also discover through a news channel that Akihabara is in fear of takeover by bootleggers, though their delusion has the Stema Otsu Corporation as the cause. 
By that time, Hakusai hired a suit actor to pose as Deco Red and convince Akagi not to be, give up being an Akiba Ranger. And it occurred to Kaki, returns to Cafe Himitsukuchi, and regroups with the team before Hakase hands them the keys to the machine, Itashar. The Akiba Rangers manage to transform the Itashar into Itashar Robo to bypass traffic on their way to battle Masina and her troops, but the robot abandons them due to their delusions not being strong enough for a robot battle. As they battle Shibuya, the real Deca Red suddenly appears to assist them before transforming into Deca Rapper, the Deca Rangers' inordinate power. Akiba Red traps, traps the sub-chief clerk with a Deca Rapper, the Deca Wapper. Oh, I said Rapper. The Deca Wapper, before the trio finish him off with a Moe, Ma- Moe Magnum attack. All is well back at Cafe Himitsukuchi, as Akagi is happy to have partnered with Deca Red in his delusion, while police have arrested the real masterminds of the media piracy epidemic. Hakase, on the other hand, ponders how the real Deca Red showed up in their delusion. So, tropes and references. The Tokusho Sentai Deca Ranger theme plays at least twice. Only once when Akag- Akagi sees Bond's actor in a car going over a script, it plays again when Akagi is encouraged by Deca Red. The Bakuyu Sentai Abba Ranger theme can be heard in the background of the store. The logo for UAOH can also be spotted on the door for the Sentai Cafe. And by the way, UAOH is well known as O-Ranger, the organization behind them. Kazkaz is dec- dressed as Ron, Purple Orchid, of the Flowery Kon- Konoichi team, a villain Sentai from Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger. Another waitress is dressed as Ron Uzaki, Gekiyawa from Juken Sentai Geki Ranger. Both her and Kazkaz's character in this episode share the same name. You posted that on my list. Did I? Yeah. My bad. So then I'll just read the next one. Uh, Akiba Red's roll call involved movements directly from Ninja Sentai Hurricaner. Customers at the Sentai Cafe can be seen playing with DX Bokenger mecha toys. The full blast in the title of this episode is a reference to Deco Ranger movie Tokyo Sentai Deco Ranger move the movie Full Blast Action. Nobuo informs Mizuki and Yumeria that they didn't know when the enemy turret is flying for explaining that whenever enemy says something like before you die, I'll tell you this: they're done for. Understanding that yellows are known for their love of curry, Yumeria orders four bowls. The exchange between her and Kazkaz is similar to that between Daita Oiwa, Key Ranger, in the first episode of Go Ranger. Hiroyo t- tells her to remember that only two of all the 36 did it, not, t- not to mention force it upon herself. When they first drive Machine Itchar, Nobuo says they're going to the scene at mock speed. This is a catchphrase of Izume Sosuke. Go on, Redo! <laughs> and finally, the fake Deca Red that Hiroyo hires snaps Nobuo out of it by using, as Nobuo notes, the same dropkick Bond used to snap Hoji out of it in Deca Ranger. And the final trivia is, uh, this is the first time the Power Rangers show is mentioned on a Super Sentai show. That again, this is the first Super Sentai show that also references other types of Super Sentai series as TV shows. And the Deca Red that appears to Nobuo and snaps him out of it after he leaves the team is actually an actor hired by Hiroyo, while the Deca Red that assists Akiba Red in battle is unexplained and comes as a surprise to Hiroyo, as the actor she hired was in the Sentai Cafe at the time. So everybody's all confused. Like he has the power. He is the Gokai Red of the series. Um. Okay. And episode three of Akiba Ranger, because we only have three episodes and not eight. Still curious as to how the real Deca Red appeared in the Akiba Ranger's delusion, Hiroyo calls up Akagi, who tells her that he is drinking with friends at a nightclub. Which is funny, because it seems like she shouldn't be drinking. It's like, nah, Gayuki drank, so it's cool. Shortly after the phone conversation, Akagi bumps into Sayaka, who tells him she's meeting up with her friends inside. He hopes to score a date with his hopes to score a date with her are boosted when he hears her conversation with her friends that she does not have a boyfriend, which causes him to order an extra pitcher of beer at his table. Later that night, a drunk Akagi and his friends spot a maid being harassed by a man they believe is recruiting her to become a hostess. In his delusion, the man is yet another chief clerk named Kabukicho Mesugoro Hyomoncho. 
who orders his shatiks to abduct all the maids on the street. Akagi transforms into Akiba Red and engages his enemies, with his teammates joining him shortly. Just after Kabukicho uh, reveals the nature of his mission and Akiba Yellow suddenly falls in love with him, Akiba Red summons Boken Red good luck for him to battle, much to Hiroyo's surprise. The combined attacks of Akiba Red and Boken Red force the chief clerk to retreat, while Akagi returns to the real world, still drunk and surrounded by people taking pictures of him. The next morning, Hiroyo explains to the trio that Akagi's delusions were amplified by his alcohol intake. The group is further surprised by Yumeria's cosplay change into a blue-haired elementary school boy. Mitsuki is further annoyed when her comrade starts schooling her on Super Sentai knowledge during their drinking binge, forcing her to leave the cafe and walk back home, but not before stopping by a video cafe. Later that night, the trio once again encounters the chief clerk, I don't want to read his name again, who attempts to abduct Mitsuki. Upon changing into the Akiba Ranger, they discover a cage with five women, including Sayaka, locked inside. Akiba Ranger... Akiba Red rushes to break the cage and free the hostages, but is caught off guard when Sayaka reveals herself as Malsina, who then orders the the chief clerk to attack him, albeit in a homoerotic way. As Akiba Yellow is revealed to be a Fujoshi, she goes moe over the scene. Both Akiba Red and Akiba Yellow fall for the same trick like three times, with, with Hiroya spe- suspecting that their drunk nature is interfering with their delusions. Akiba Blue asks Hiroyo to shut down the delusion and get her comrade sobered up, but with Hiroyo herself drunk, she goes after Malsina by herself while stating various lines from Gogo Sentai Bokanger. Akiba Red and Akiba Yellow begin to realize that while they were out drinking, Mitsuki spent her time watching Bokanger at the video cafe. This enables the two to sober up. Once again, Boken Red is summoned in battle, and he grants Akiba Blue the, in- the inordinate power of the Boken Scooper to bury the chief clerk before the trio finish him off with the Moe Magnum. The trio returns to the real world with Akagi and Yumeria vomiting heavily from their drunkenness. The next morning at the cafe, Akage, Yumeria, and Hiroyo apologize to Mitsuki, who tells them not to drink anymore. Akagi vows that he will fight, they will fight together without the use of alcohol. However, Mitsuki announces that she will not be part of the group anymore as she leaves the cafe, much to everyone's dismay. Oh noes! Oh noes indeed. Okay. Whew. Here we go. Tropes and references. Nobuo asks if they're looking for a green or a black this time. When Mitsuki asks Nobuo if a wannabe Sentai hero should be drinking, he told her that among the official heroes is Black Condor, a.k.a. Gaiyuki, a manly badass who loves to go out drinking. And harass women, but that's another story. During the first delusion of Boken Red, he appears in an outfit he wore for good luck after an incident in Task 27 of Bokenger, the best one, where he wore all the hat and the jacket and or whatever. Yeah, it was hysterical. Koskos is dressed as Saya, a.k.a. Ginga Pink, from Seiji Sentai, King of Man! Another waitress is dressed as Nanami Hono, Hurricane Blue, from Ninpu Sentai, Harikenja! Kabuki Cho Mesuguri blah 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 looks like Brajira from Gozager. Actually, I would say he looks, with his butterfly form, he looks a little more like the first boss from the first arc of Gozager, but that's I, I don't, I don't want my personal opinion. For the life of me, I can't remember his name. Uh, Nobuo says that a real version of the Go Blaster from QQ Sentai GoGo 5 should have been invented by now, at least in rescue mode. Yumeria states that Salamandef is her favorite. That voice, that face, and that whole thing with his brother. Mitsuki mistakenly refers to Bokenger as Boken Ranger. When Nobuo says it's Bokenger, Mitsuki asks why it's Boken, and then just Jer, and what Jer means by itself. Nobuo complains that she's a newcomer and that older friends got over it during Hurricanger. New fag. Lol. 
Uh, Nobu will sing the theme songs of Seiju Sentai Ginga Man and Gogo Sentai Bokenger at karaoke night in the Sentai Cafe. Uh, when asked by Kasukaz who she likes in Bokenger, Yumeria says that she likes Master Yaiba, saying that she likes his mature style, and that time he turned Masumi to the dark side was so squee. Freaking <laughs> well, yaoi fingers. <laughs> While drunk at the Sentai Cafe, Nobu says that he liked to save the heroine, like the Maju Angel movie. Akiba Blue questions why it's suddenly daylight when they fight. Akiba Red says that filming a night is a real pain. At least they haven't been doing day-to-night shots. Day for night. Uh, in his roll call, Akiba Red says his favorite drunken-style user is Kidin Ranger. Mitsuki is revealed to have been watching Bokenger on DVD. She quotes from Task 20 when Boken Silver officially added to the team, as noted by Nobuo, taking on impossible challenges. That's what they call a real adventure. This is what Natsuki said to Eji. She then quotes a common phrase from Chief. This is just another adventure. So I realized, I think, just now, that we didn't talk about episode two, did we? At all? I think we talked about episode two. I think we just, I think we, we had the summary and then didn't actually talk much about it. Because okay. we, we didn't say much about the fact that, you know, Bond returned or, or, the fact, nah, 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 or the fact that they mentioned, they mentioned Power Rangers at all or like any of that stuff. SPD emergency! Um, so. So yeah, so uh, episode, let's just talk about episode two and three together. So um, it's interesting that that Bond returned at, not only as 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 his character, but also as himself. Indeed, he played himself. He played his character in suit. He played his character out of suit. <laughs> it's just, I mean, an actor played his suit while pretending to be him by not beating him. Yeah, it was uh, it was a, there was a lot of Bond Bond in the episode, which makes sense because because uh, it's his favorite character. And then uh, it, episode... it, it, it was just Decca 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 Ranger. And then uh, in episode episode three, you know, it was it was interesting that Boken Red just sort of shows up, like they just randomly pick, ah, it'll be Boken Red. And despite being unofficial, that is his that that is the actor who played him voicing him. It is the actor playing him voicing, yeah. So I mean, yeah, obviously it is still Toei and. Obviously, there's not. It's not like they're in a. They have an agreement to just talk about to just do the show. If they're paid, they'll do it. So yeah. So so he returns and says attack. And it's pretty awesome. Indeed, it is. Indeed, it is. So so Akiba Ranger is really weird. <laughs> That's you're saying the half of it. That is um. That is putting it lightly. I, I want to talk about their helmets, uh, which which are different. And and people actually, when they first saw these helmets, they were wondering what's going on with them because they actually. We saw these helmets in silhouette first, and so we weren't sure if they were just what the what the people's hair looked like, or if it was their helmets looked like this. And so now we know, and I'm sure we knew before too at some point, but now we know that their helmets have hair. <laughs> Indeed, it looks like it's supposed to be someone's head. Yeah, and also for some reason Akagi's is emo. Eh, what can you do? It's just been a bad day. Other than that, yeah. So, um, so Akiba Ranger is a, is an interesting series. Um. It's very meta, very otaku. Uh, it's 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 one of those series that I feel like I could pass this on to to my friends who are like you know, oh you still watch Power Rangers or you still watch watch you know whatever Japanese Power Rangers is still for kids. I can show this to them and be like, look, you know, yeah it is, but like here this is this is what's made for the adults. Uh, and, and by adults we mean even more juvenile than the people who watch Super Sentai. Yeah, and and you know this is this was made for the people who who are slightly less. This this was made for people like you who still you know it's not it's, uh, you watch anime whatever. This, this is made for the idea. less mature people than the eight year olds watching Power Rangers. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, Kiba Ranger is uh is interesting, and um we have we have a couple interesting f- 
pieces of feedback about it. I didn't want to have a lot of feedback uh, this episode, especially since we're we're doing a lot of catch up. But uh, but I do want to have this this from Wells Tyrone, or sorry, Tyrone Wells, his uh, yeah whatever. Well, I guess it's Wells comma Tyrone. Uh, who says, I have a feeling that Akiba Ranger was what, sense, what was originally planned for the 35th Sentai anniversary, but was scrapped in favor of putting on Gokaidra. But it was so freaking awesome, they decided to do it anyway. What do you guys think of this theory? Also, I don't think I could, anything could talk the first thing when I say Gokaidra, but I was already think the first episode of Akiba Ranger was the best thing to happen in the Sentai period. I've never seen anything so tightly cut and well-paced and just downright magnetic from the first second until the last. There is one flaw with that theory. The fact is that most of their money comes from uh, selling toys to kids, and the show's supposed to be a toy commercial for kids. And if this is that I set up where it's not supposed to be for at least the younger kids, but you know they, they want to get all ages with uh, Sentai. Well, that's, the, that's their goal. Here, here, they want to sell here's toys. The, here's the thing: this could still be what was planned for the 35th anniversary. Like this is our 35th anniversary, and then this is our our selling toys season. So like so they they could do like a Bokenger or or a Geki or sorry or a Gower Ranger type thing with the with with Go with Gokaiger instead of what they did and then have this on the side as a Keeper Ranger maybe I don't know but uh, but a Keeper Ranger I, I agree it is it is very Gokaigery um, in that you know there's a lot of cameos there's a lot of they're they're getting ultimate powers like you know it's this is it, it's definitely very Gokaiger esque. And and also yeah, this was well cut and well well done. Um, I feel like Japan is finally, you know, not they they decided they realized oh you know what static shots that are just zooming in and zooming out and panning and cutting to people people's reactions those that's not good television or interesting visually in a in a visual medium. Well, for Forze, it really does help that they have uh, such a great director. Right, right, yeah. No, Sakamoto's but, grown up. He's brought the good old American spirit to it. But obviously, obviously, they're 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 getting you know they're getting more with the other series too. Is so I think I think they're they're uh, Japan is finally developing into let's make actual movies instead of instead of you know thirty minute long toy commercials and, because, instead of li- instead of literally filming the show like it was Speed Racer. If I stand here and don't move, well, the actual lines go by. Then it'll go by quicker. Then it'll be cheaper. And then we'll save money. Ho oh. ho. Yeah. Yes. Basically. Uh, anything else you want to say about Akiba Ranger, uh, or 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 about or about what uh, what Tyrone said? Uh, his his the the title was uh, if you could only choose one. So uh, so I'd ask you if you could only choose one, Gokaiger or Akiba Ranger, what would you choose? We're only getting we're only getting thirteen episodes of what's been fun, but and it does something different. Okay, but if you could only 50 get fifty episodes of nostalgia, it can't compete. If you could only get if you could only get fifty episodes of Gokaiger or fifty episodes of Akiba Ranger, for example. Even still, I'm kind of a nostalgia whore. So. I don't know Akiba. There's a lot of nostalgia in Akiba Ranger. We already got we already got uh, Bon and and Akashi. But this is actually the characters instead of just grand illusions. Can we have the combination of the two? Can we just have the characters <laughs> pop up a Gokaiger and be like, "Oh my God, our dreams"? Um. Uh. So. So I guess that's um. That's it for for this this uh the the Akiba Ranger stuff. Uh, unless there's anything else you wanted to say. I'm all good, man. Um. I don't know if I said, but I think I would watch. I think I would prefer Akiba Ranger, because I think I think it's better. Um, so I guess let's, let's move on into, uh, a little bit of feedback. Uh, it's, uh, I want to move on into the topical feedback, the feedback that's current. Uh, so if, if you, if you emailed us or tweeted us or anything, we will definitely talk about it when it's, when it's more relevant right now. 
we I really want to talk about what's relevant to to what's happening right now. So uh, let's move on into the feedback. All right, guys. The first piece of feedback comes from Matthew Munoz, Comrade Arpez, and he says, "Hey, guys, what's up?" So I totally got controlled by Ranger Crew and all the rest. Uh, it's an April Fool's Day thing. Uh, he's talking about how we got messed up by all the April Fool's Day stuff. He liked our thing because it wasn't fa- false truth. And so he says, "Am I being a big baby in a spoil sport, or does fake news suck?" I'd like your thoughts on the MMPR 2013 prank. Uh, I missed that, so I don't really know. What oh, I- let me tell you my story. It was days after April Fool's when I was reading through a topic that I didn't know at the time. was I was so behind it was at April Fool's that I clicked the link and see Go Kaiser for the 2013 Power Rangers. I get excited. I start to tell you guys, and then I scroll down and realize it says, this is a fake. We didn't put this at the top, but this is a fake. That's you scroll down. It's like, ah. So, uh, so I guess let, 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 let me ask you then, since you, since you got trolled off April Fool's Day, what did you, what did you think of that prank? Do you hate the whole fake news on April Fool's Day thing? It's fun when you're watching from the outside. Like, if you know someone who makes a fake Blackest Night checklist, that's fun. <laughs> that's fun for several months, except for the guys who get fired over that because it's so convincing. If you are involved in the creation of a fake interview with Alan Moore, it's fun. Oh, it's very fun if you're involved. If you're involved in that. But so so so. Uh, but if if you don't if you don't know what's going on, like like you like you apparently didn't with MMPR 2013. It's freaking bullshit. I want my I want my matey Morphin Pirate Rangers. I say, uh, obviously, don't believe anything you hear on April 1st unless it's very, uh, very convincing. Unfortunately, sometimes I'll be reading old news from like six months down the road and not realize it's April Fool's and we scroll but down. Like, but like we talked about this like two days later and you somehow still fell for it. I wasn't paying attention. I don't listen. We, we talked about this when we re-recorded the show. When we recorded the show the first time. Oh, we did? Yeah, nah, remember? I didn't remember. Okay. Um, so, uh, our, our next email, we don't have any more emails. We have a couple tweets. Uh, the first is from, from Ethan Daniels, who says, okay, finally watching episode one of Akiba Ranger. I officially want a fanboy off between Akagi and Guy. Colton, who would win? Well, that's the trick. In a fanboy off, they would be impressive competitors. But then, of course, Guy can just pull out his, uh, his Gokai silver spear and just stab Akagi when he, if he wins. I said, who wins? Who wins the the fanboy off? Not who wins the actual battle. Who wins yeah, the yes, fanboy that, off? That's part of the fanboy off because they'll because uh, Akagi will pull his toy guns and he'll get stabbed in the chest. And like I win, bitch, and they'll run off. Yes, that's exact. Guy would. That's exactly what guy would do. Guy would kill Akagi because he lost the fanboy off. That's exactly. That, guy, don't don't kid yourself. It's guy. He's the ultimate fanboy. He would do that kind of psychotic thing if he was pushed. Um, okay. Uh, and then a last... Okay, you can't tell me you can't have pit- ever pictured Guy in an argument at a, at a Sentai convention and just stabbing someone in the hand with a pin and running off. No. Nope. Um, let's see. We have, uh, Excalibur saying, have you guys watched Akiba Ranger yet? It's really... Now, he said Troopy, but I first thought he said it meant Trippy, and now I'm pretty sure he means Tropy. So, probably. Tropy. Um... Let's let's see. Uh, Professor Ware says the voice in GoBusters reminds me of Ghost Knight's phone. Not any, not that anyone except Colton would be aware. Comrade Pez is glad that we enjoyed GoBusters. He marathoned the first, last five or six episodes. Um, 
Uh, Professor Boyer says, Akiba Ranger took the fourth wall and proceeded to, ba- to bash the monster of the week with it. Fun tweets. Uh, Tokodeka says, what the heck is wrong with Tsukasa's hair? <laughs> the man got f- deep fried in a perm, I think. Uh, Professor Ware says, wouldn't Dylan RPM qualify as a con writer? He's a cyborg who transforms into a crime-fighting superhero. He is, in fact, a common writer. He's more of a common writer than Forze. <laughs> uh, yeah, Forze. Um, and uh, Ethan Daniels uh, rags on Najee a little bit. Um, the the best part is is that is that uh, for, for at first he thought that Saban owned the rights to uh to 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 actually like dub Dragon Ball Z Kai, so he was worried that that they'd get actors like Najee to voice like Vegeta, and I was like, oh, I was like, make it Najida. It was like it was like it would completely be redeemed if they just called him that, Najida. So, uh, so Saban, is a, Saban, if you have some influence over at Funimation, get Najee, Najee Dittiege to voice Vegeta for just one little thing, and then, uh, and then call him Najida, and it'll be great. I think Christopher Sabat would break his skull. Fun times for all. Oh my god, that would be great. Sabat, Sabat arrested for murder of Najee Dittiege. I'd miss him, but it would be so worth it. You'd miss Najee? Really? Really? No, no, no. Oh, Sabbath. Miss You'd miss Sabbath. <laughs> uh, okay. He's a good director and good voice actor. So, um, that is it for this episode of Podcast into Power Rangers. Colton, if people want to email us, where will those emails go? I believe those emails would go to podcastsentai.gmail.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S-E-N-T-A-I at gmail.com. That's right. And if they wanted to send us tweets. I would assume at Sentai Rangers, but I might be wrong. No, you would be actually correct. Fantastic. Yeah, and uh, Sentai Rangers is also the Facebook page. So you go to Facebook.com slash Sentai Rangers and like us and post comments and stuff. And I don't know. I don't I don't use the Facebook that much. I'm, I use the Twitter more, so go to the Twitter. But um, I don't know what you kids do with your Facebooks and your twi- Twitters and your... YouTube, but if you uh, if you want to hopscotch and your bubble gum and your leather pants and your crack pipes and your fire, if you want to send us a voicemail, I think we had a voicemail recently, but uh, but I didn't want to go through the effort of putting it in because this episode's already like two hours long. So if you want to send us a voicemail, this episode, this part of this episode is two hours long. What? Yeah, Super Sentai. I mean, Super Samurai. No, Super Sam has the next episode. That's right. So I was, uh, yeah. So, so, so we, we caught up. The we, first half of an episode. Nope. We we. So what happened is we what happened, so That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we caught up on Super Sentai. Next week we're gonna catch up on Super Samurai, and then we're gonna be all caught up. And you, it'll be it'll be fantastic. I don't know what it is, but the Toku really seems to like the SS. But I'm. It's funny because I'm referring to Nazis. I don't. I didn't understand a word you just said. But if you want to send us voicemails. You can send us voicemails to 662-SENTAI-ZERO. That's 662-736-8240. And we have an announcement. So, um, we are, obviously we do this for no money. Uh, we, we, we spend our Friday nights, sometimes, sometimes Thursday nights, 
We spend in nice. fact, we, in uh, fact, sometimes we spend money for this show. Uh, you spend money for this show, and then don't and, actually uh, do the thing you spent money for. So, <laughs> I'm saving count. them up for one massive three-hour review of of yeah. You're gonna do you're gonna do a review of Go Hide Your Toys like a year after they came out. I'm gonna do them when the Power Rangers come out and then see how much better the Japanese toys are. That's fair enough. Um, <laughs> so, so you're gonna do it in like two years? Okay, awesome. Anyways, uh, maybe more knowing Saban. I don't know. I, did, I actually, I actually didn't get to mention this that that if they did go Kaiger in 2015, it would be the 20th anniversary of the movie, um, and that seems the way it's going to go. So if if somebody at Saban's listening, then call it the 20th anniversary of the movie, and you get an out with some fans. But so, but then they'll use, but then they'll use the movie suits. <laughs> back back to the announcement. Um, so yeah, we do this for for no money. Uh, we do this for you guys. So. We decided to, uh, to to ask for donations, um, and I know what you're thinking. We decided. Well, I decided and told you, and you're like, "That's a good idea." So <laughs> it's only a good idea because I'm poor. Um, no, and the money isn't going into our pockets. Maybe a small percentage of it. Um, <laughs> None of it's going into my pockets. You're the one who controls the money. I won't see a dime. Yeah, that's true. The money isn't isn't really going straight into our pockets. What we want to do is we want to do stuff for you guys. We want to you know we want to get toys, do toy reviews. We want to. I want to upgrade my computer so episodes can come out faster. Um, I'd love to get I'd love to get a new computer and maybe even a new sound system so my sound quality is higher. Yeah, right. We, we, this piece of crap's going. We'd out. love to. We'd love to get 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 better microphones for the show. We'd love to go out to conventions and do shows at conventions so you guys can come see us. We'd love to have the money to uh, put up and fund a website to actually stay up. Yeah, we'd, we'd, like, to, we'd like to do a proper website, maybe have like an actual proper SentaiRangers.com. So we we really want... we, we I, I don't want to... I, I don't like asking for donations, but it's it's a thing that, you know, for for a non-profit thing... Donations are the way because we try to get jobs to fund all this stuff, we'll never have time to do it. Yeah, right. So, um, you you can't find time even without a job to do this. Exactly, right? I, I know, I know what you're saying. So, um, if you want to send us donations, uh, right now, just just send us an email and and we'll give you I'll give you a way uh, while I work out to um, I need to work I, I, while I work out like a PayPal that you can send the donations to. But for now, just email us podcast at com so we can we can work that out. Um. But yeah, like we this isn't this isn't for us. It's not it's not money in the pockets. I assume you have some sort of PayPal set up. Um I I'm I'm going to set up a PayPal. It's it's a little confusing. But um but yeah, so like we just, it's it's not like I said, it's not for us. It's for you. We we want it's, it's it it's not mandatory. We're not making you do this. Not mandatory. This is this, this. If you can't, if you can't afford or just don't want to pay, it's it's fine. The show is still free, but uh, the suggested donation is three hundred dollars. So if you'd like, to, no. What? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay, we're, we need five hundred thousand dollars to fund our remake of a uh, of a uh, of a uh, King's Quest Four. <laughs> we, we 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 want to bring Firefly back. So if you just want to send us a million dollars or so, it's you know I think I think uh, I think I think Whedon and and Fillion will do it for cheap. And maybe we can get you know Summer Glau back in. So, just, just I was I was actually trying to refer to the the five hundred thousand dollars donations that they got to remake at least shoot Larry. Yeah, no, I I know, but whatever. Anyways, so so yes, so we you know we we just we we want to do this for you guys. We want to get out to conventions and and do shows at conventions, and we want to we want to get stuff to review. We want to it's. Yeah, and we, I really, really want to set up a proper, proper website and have proper news and maybe some sort of staff, possibly. 
or maybe it'll just be Colton posting news all the time and me showing up sometimes and doing doing features. Um, but we want to do this stuff for you. So, so for now, send us an email. Uh, I think by next episode, I'll have I'll have some sort of PayPal set up or something, uh, and we might put a button on on the the blog for now. Um, Actually, give some money. I might be able to ship over one of my mobarets to uh, Kuan, and he can review one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we can finally get a freaking review out. Uh, <laughs> hey, I may delay the reviews, but at least I don't delay the show. Um. So, so that that's yeah. So that's that is it for for this episode of Podcast of the Power Rangers. Uh, once again, this two-hour episode of Podcast of yeah, the Power Rangers. Once again, uh, donations non-mandatory. We we like we just we just, we want to do stuff for you guys, and if you don't have anything, then no big deal. We don't have anything either, which is why we're asking for the donations, so we don't have to we don't have to pour any of our non-existent money into it. I have so so little money. All I ha- all the money I have is borrowed. I don't want to be in college debt forever. Please don't let me be in college debt forever. Don't make me spend more of my college money. Um, so, uh, that's it for this episode of Podcast of Power Rangers. Uh, send us emails, send us tweets, send us money. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and also, and if you send the donation, maybe I'll send you a picture of me with my, uh, Gokaio. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll send, yeah, and we, again, like, we want to do contests and stuff so that, like, you know, you guys send in emails for a contest, we, we buy something and we send it to you guys, or we get something and send it to you guys, so, you know, it's... I'll send you my, tre- my, my, uh, Gokai treasure chest full of keys. I don't know if you'll actually do that. That's a that's a lie. I won't. <laughs> that's a yeah. Complete lie. I'll, s- I'll send you a mini can of, uh, Axe Body Spray. Um, or or old Mountain Dew that has a decorative bottle. Um, but yeah, so or that, my that's, copy or my copy of the that, uh, 3D remake that of Frogger. Is, that is that is it for this episode of Podcast on the Power Rangers. Until next time, may the power protect you. Or I could send you an old Digivice. Rock on. Also, I have random stuff to play in my room. Yeah, rock. On. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll send you old Yu-Gi-Oh cards. There you go. I'll send you my only XYZ monster, number 30, 39. Acid Golem oh, Destruction. Oh, Acid Golem Destruction, from the, from the Shonen Jump, yep. It's pronounced exceeds. <laughs> Thank you.
Isn't the ending? Indeed. Well, it was not the ending last time. Yeah, look, what? They changed the ending. It blew my mind. I thought, I thought they were just going to throw in like a, a movie song or something like that, but it said Go Buster, so huh, new ending. Buster's ready, go! Alright. <clears throat> Four, two, three, one, let's go. Four, two, three, one. Oh my gosh, that's so great. Target lock on. Okay, we have, uh, like, we have eight episodes of Go Buster to get through. So, do you want me to, sh- should I, sh- what should I, what do you think I should do? Should I, like, go, I think I'm gonna, should I, should I even do all the summaries? Hyper summary, go! Alright, I'll, I'll see what I can skip in the summaries. I'll do that on the fly, which is gonna meet, which means I'm just gonna end up reading the entire summary.